0: This is Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California. Call the show now at 760-480-8477. Email us at officehours at wscal.edu. Now, Scott Clark.
1: Westminster Seminary, California was established in 1980 primarily to prepare men for pastoral ministry. Those students are in our Master of Divinity program. During their three or four years here, they have served an internship of at least 700 hours. They have taken dozens of hours of courses in preaching and pastoral ministry. And they've been licensed to exhort in churches all over North America. About 30% of our students, however, are candidates for the Master of Arts degree. Some of them will go on to further study. Others will serve on the mission field or serve the church informally. Joining us today are four seniors preparing for graduation this spring. Shireen David, Angelo Contreras, Leon Brown, and Craig Marshall. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Office Hours. Hi, Dr. Clark. Clark. Uh, It's great to have you all here for Office Hours. So let's go through one by one so the listener can get to know you. First of all, Shireen, tell us where you're from and what your degree program is.
2: I'm from Riverside, California. And I'm getting a degree in Theological Studies.
3: Leon, where are you from? Uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada, and I'm an MDiv student. Angelo? Modesto, California, and I also am an MDiv student. Craig?
4: I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, and I'm an MDiv student as well.
3: So you've been
1: suffering here in San Diego for the past several years.
4: Yeah. For sure.
1: You're prepared to go wherever the Lord calls you.
4: Wherever, yeah. Even if he
1: should call you back to Buffalo?
4: (laughs) It would have to be a a loud calling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The first question that I want to discuss with you is this. Given the plethora of choices you have in North America
3: between seminaries, why did you pick Westminster Seminary California? The Reformed tradition. What about that, Angelo? Well, not just the Reformed tradition, but also its commitment to Scripture Um, as God's word. And you see that expressed in in the curriculum's teaching of the original languages. Craig?
4: For me, I remember meeting Steve Overman and him telling me that he'd been other places and heard a variety of views, but then Westminster for him was really a lighthouse that just Taught you the confessional reform perspective, and then you could diversify from there if you wanted to. And then I also looked at other curriculums, and they seemed to overlap a lot with what I did in undergrad in pastoral studies. Whereas here, it, it really felt like it took it to the next level academically and then even content
1: wise. Shireen, why? Westminster, California.
2: My pastor recommended that I come here. It's a good location as far as being close to my family as well as my home church. His wife actually also graduated from here, and so they were emphasizing how important it is for a good theological education, even for women, this was a great place to be.
5: Like Shireen, I also was recommended to come to this uh, institution because of my pastor. I'm kind of the uh, black sheep of the bunch, actually, no pun intended, Angelo. But uh, (laughs) I was applying to another seminary, and uh, when I took my ecclesiastical recommendation to my pastor, he said I probably shouldn't go to that other seminary, and then he told me to apply here. And uh, I didn't know much about the school, actually, when I first uh, stepped foot on campus, but now I do, which is a good thing. So,
1: <laughs> That gets me to my next question, which is this. After you came, you stayed. Why did you stay?
2: I feel like when I started the curriculum, it's just gripping by nature. The classes, the courses, the faculty, everything that we learn here, it just it keeps you in. Yeah, it's difficult and it's hard and it takes some getting used to, but... It's definitely worth it.
1: What is it that takes getting used to?
2: The high level of academics, I think. I sort of feel like my undergrad did not prepare me well enough, but the faculty are very gracious in working with us and helping us learn. It is tough. It's tough to be here, but it is a good place to be.
3: Angelo, you're nodding your head. I can just sympathize. I remember my first semester here and not so much just study of languages, but just the lingo, the theological terms that I heard thrown around. Really, Oh, the technical yes, vocabulary. Yeah, it, it just threw me. I, I just wasn't prepared for that at all. But at the same time, I saw myself learning so much and my eyes being opened to so much that I knew if I was going to continue, this would, this would be the place. You're nodding your head, Craig. Yeah,
4: similar experience, although I came out of just broad evangelicalism when I started attending Westminster. It was part-time, and I was serving as a youth minister in a non-denominational church. And so those first few classes, I remember just being baffled by what was even being said. But it's compelling, as Shireen said, and I I remember thinking, I need to hear this all the way through. I want to hear this whole package and then evaluate it as a whole.
1: What kinds of misconceptions did you have before you came? Leon?
5: When I first arrived, or even just before that, the only thing I was concerned with learning was just the languages, just Greek, Hebrew, and possibly Aramaic. And as I began to sit through all the classes, I realized that while the languages are extremely important, I also needed the categories by which to place certain things in the scriptures. I was just gripped by that, that there was a importance of of the languages here, as well as giving us the tools by way of categories to put things into. I just thought it was just about the languages, and I didn't really realize that that's not all it's about.
1: Angelo, what kinds of misconceptions did you have?
3: To a certain level, I, I actually thought that the training would be easier. I, I have a philosophy background and so I thought, hey, you know, I'm I'm well grounded academically, philosophically, but I was definitely surprised when I got here. There was there was a lot to be learned and um, I was challenged.
4: A lot of what I'd studied before in pastoral ministry focused a lot on methodologies and things of that sort, and I was really blown away by how much you needed all these other tools of historical theology, biblical theology, how important all of them were, and how expansive all of them were, and you had to put them all together, and just how much that takes.
2: I think I really thought coming in that I would learn so much that I would know the answers, but now I think... All of you will agree that now that we're graduating, there are so many more questions that we're left with, but we have the tools for further resources and research. We're still equipped to study the Word of God further, and we realize the depth that's there and the extensiveness of theology and good theology and how that applies in the church, and all of that just brings up so much more. But after being here, we're equipped. We don't know all the answers, but we're getting there. You're
0: listening to Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California. You're the only female in the
1: room. And you're obviously one of a minority group here on campus as a female. How was it for you here?
2: It was interesting coming in, being one of the only women coming into summer Greek. It was a bit challenging. But the men on campus are very gracious and they're very kind. Sometimes there would be questions and stares and wonders, you know, why are you here? (laughs) What are you doing here? Um, But after some conversation, everything lightened up and and it was fine. The women on campus have a good solidarity, I'd say. Um, We get along really well. This is the only time pretty much in our lives where we're surrounded by other women who can talk about theology in this sort of a level. Um, So that's been good. It's been good to encourage our brothers and for our brothers to encourage us in our studies, realizing that it's valuable for women to study the Word of God.
1: How do you answer the question, why are you here? What are you going to do with this degree?
2: Well, my first thought is studying the Word of God formally for three years of my life can have no detrimental effect at all. Whatever we end up doing as women, our theology will carry into our lives, how we interact with people, our churches, our families, our marriages, whatever, theology plays such a big part. So to be grounded in that for three years formally, I think there could be no detrimental effect of that. Whatever we end up doing, it will be good.
1: Do you think you'll be able to be of some benefit in some way to your congregation?
2: Oh, I pray so. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Let's talk about the different departments. Here, we have three departments, essentially, theological studies, which is the queen of the sciences, biblical studies, and pastoral theology, practical theology. Now, you've all had courses in biblical studies. But how has that affected your view of Scripture, Leon?
5: When I came here, I didn't I, I didn't see so much continuity between the Old and New Testaments. In our English Bibles, I just kind of saw Malachi, that was it, and now I go to Matthew and we're, we're moving on to something else. So through the languages, the introductory courses in the New Testament, as well as Pentateuch and the other courses, I see the continuity now that I had been missing all along prior to, to coming here. I
4: feel like the first courses you took, NTI and Pentateuch, as well as the languages, they just start chipping away, building in these big bucket categories for you. And just having those built in was was really helpful. And then it was so refreshing when you would come to Gospels and Acts or Prophets, and then you find these different genres and how to approach them within those bigger frameworks. So now I feel like I can come to any Part of scripture and have the tools to approach it. Like Shireen said, I don't have, there's still a lot of really tricky parts, but at least I feel like
1: there's tools in my toolbox to approach these things. Angelo, what's it like in a biblical studies class? Uh, talk about one of the advanced courses. What happens in the course, and as a student, what are you doing? Talk about that experience of sitting in class, listening to a prof explain a passage. You've got it open. You've got your Greek New Testament open or your Hebrew Old Testament
3: open. Far from what I would have imagined, which would have looked more like an introductory course where we were given an outline of the text and themes and such— we're actually given text, which, well, I should back up. We're, we're taught principles of interpreting the text. And then at that time, we go through certain texts, seeing how those principles work as we interpret them. And it just opens up the Word of God to you. And so what I hear from my fellow students saying is we've been given those tools so that we can now go out and do that on our own when we come across any variety of texts. But you've
1: sat down and you've worked closely through passages in class. And then, Leon, do you work
5: on texts outside of class? Absolutely. They, they prepare us to do that. Uh, but, I mean, in terms of the, the classroom environment, as we're sitting back, taking notes, I really sit back shocked because I think I've read this portion of Scripture a million times and i have never seen what is being brought to my attention and obviously it's clearly there i see it now but i wonder where has this been it's almost like you just it, it's just amazing altogether
1: you enter into a different kind of relationship with a text don't you i mean you first of all you you're sitting at home and you've translated the passage yourself and then you bring that to class and then what happens Shireen?
2: it's just shocking I think for me, as far as being one who does not regularly work through passages to preach it on Sundays or to work through texts like my brothers do, um, just even writing an exegetical paper, um, I think that's the first time I've ever sat in front of a passage and just poured over it in for that amount of time. And little things, just when you stare at a verse in Greek for like an hour, just trying to decipher it and understand it in context... It just brings such new light to the whole passage as a context and where that's in scripture and then where that passage is in redemptive history, you know, and it just ties everything together. Um, And in class, we were taught how to do that and to think critically about the text and to not just assume that what you know about it is all that's there, because there's so many different levels and layers of of the text that are just so intricate um, that are always we're always discovering
1: that are there by divine intent right absolutely you you also study uh, systematic theology now there are a lot of people who would say well listen all I really need is the biblical languages and, and I'll put the pieces together but now you've sat through a full course of systematic theology how has that affected the way you look at scripture Craig why don't you
0: tackle that question right after this in the 17th century, John Bunyan gave us the character, Mr. Valiant for Truth. In the 20th century, God gave us another Mr. Valiant for Truth, Jake Gresham Machin, the founder of Westminster Seminary. The spirit of Machen lives on at Westminster Seminary, California, where for 30 years we've been fulfilling his vision of preparing men for ministry and teaching them to be expert in the Bible. Wscal.edu, 888 888- 480 8474, Westminster Seminary, California, for Christ, His Gospel, and His Church.
4: Just realizing the coherence in all of it, not just as it unfolds in redemptive history, and then seeing it in full color detail from the languages and things, but then realizing systematically how it can be broken down in very understandable ways that fit together. And I I noticed for myself in those systematics classes, really walking out. Thinking, Wow, I have a handle on these concepts, and I could take these outlines and convey these to my people. And it's just a refreshing thing to, to put d- such complicated things into outline form that people can understand and have handles on.
1: So systematic theology isn't just pure theory, Angela?
3: Oh, absolutely not. It's, it's derived from Scripture, absolutely. You get an example of it in, uh, in Romans where Paul is writing about Christ's imputation, and then you can compare that with Adam's imputation, and you can now come up with a theology of imputation, and it's beautiful. It's not like just sitting at
5: home reading a systematic theology book. Having a professor explain these things to you takes it far beyond that. So what typically happens in class is they give you the material to read, stuff that we would all read at home, say if we were not at seminary, and they expect us to know those things. And then when we come to class, they build upon the foundation in the reading. So sitting at home and just reading a systematic theology book does not cut it in terms of what we get here in class. And
4: I remember before Westminster being very comfortable from my undergrad teaching particular passages of scripture but then especially like in a bible study context if anyone were to ask a question outside of that passage being terrified whereas now I've been teaching a bible study weekly throughout this whole experience and I'm I'm not really scared of those questions because I understand at least how things connect and where to stay away from heresy like what I can safely say even if I can't fully answer it and that's been really helpful
1: it is nice to know that you don't have to know everything having a sound theology teaches you that you don't have to know everything, but you do know certain foundational truths that come out of Scripture. How has working through the history of the Christian church influenced you? It's
4: so humbling, too. I mean, we're— Reading and understanding all this stuff at seminary, and then you step into church history and you realize that there's many people who have gone before who understood so much more, and and to see where they went astray, where they did well, and to realize we're just placed within that spectrum as well.
2: Yeah, I remember sitting in the ancient church my first year, Dr. Clark, and you were saying, You are not the first person to read the Bible. And that just really struck me because I'm like, Oh, but I just want to, you know, read it for myself, you know, but then completely ignorant of the fact that we have a rich history of the faith and our understanding is not solo you know we have church fathers we have a historic faith that we're a part of we're united with the saints of old in this and so uh, in that sense it is a catholic faith
3: surveying the the history of the church helps us to understand that we read scripture within that history as a part of that history and that we're not just islands to ourselves
5: sitting through your classes sitting through the classes with Dr Godfrey you really start to see that It's almost like we're running on a track. If you, if you don't know uh, church history, you end up in the same place where you were previously. And so as we learn about the different doctrinal positions of our of our forefathers, as we learn about the different heresies, not only can we bring those things to bear on the congregation and helping them understand these things, but we can also look out into the world
3: and see how many of those things are still existent today. Yeah, we're, we're neither Biblicists nor Roman Catholic, but we, we have that blessing of standing on the shoulders of giants who've gone before us.
1: Now, when you contrast biblicists and Roman Catholics, what do you mean by that?
3: Well, biblicism, I imagine, you know, the the analogy of going into my closet and reading my Bible alone by myself and whatever conclusions I come to, that's what the word of God is. Whereas the Roman Catholics would be on the other end of the spectrum where they really take tradition and hold it over scripture. Well, I see as I just said that we actually read scripture as the authority, but we read it within a tradition so that we have the opportunity to stand on the shoulders of giants. You're
0: listening to Office Hours
3: from Westminster
1: Seminary, California. All of this that you have done has been to one degree or other with a view to being of use to the visible institutional church. And part of your preparation for most of you here in this room is that you've taken courses in what is called practical theology, pastoral theology, ecclesiastical theology. What in particular was it about the courses that prepared you to fulfill your vocation?
5: I've heard from others that Westminster is is kind of this academic institution, and they don't much attention forth to students to prepare practically for the the pastorate or any other area of service in the church. And I think that's, that's completely inaccurate. When I sit through my PT or my practical theology courses, we're taking all of those truths, those rich theological truths and doctrines, whether it be directly from the scriptures, whether we're looking at something in church history, and these PT courses help us to really put feet to these truths so that we can tell the congregation these things, as well as, for instance, our preaching courses. We we have five or so preaching courses here, and we likewise put those doctrines and those truths to feet so that the people in the church can understand them, and, and the gospel is central to, to all of that here.
3: I think each of us, at uh, some level, have come here to serve our church, and the practical ministry aspect of, of our program here has allowed us to take, as Leon just said, to take all that rich theological truth, biblical truth, and bring it to the people on a number of levels, whether that's in missions, discipleship, counseling, or preaching from the pulpit.
4: It's neat how the PT classes pull you out of the clouds in a sense. I mean, you have all this theoretical things that you're really working through and, and loving, but then you come into those classes and it just slams you back on the ground saying, what is important enough to share with your people and how are you going to share those things? And then practically having to preach throughout your whole time in seminary just was a really refining process with such uh, a difficult audience to preach to fellow seminarians and professors. I found when I get to open God's Word in other contexts, people are much uh, easier on you. So it was a
1: really beneficial process. They're not sitting there taking notes and analyzing everything that you're doing and going to sit down and tell you about it after you're done. (laughs) Right. For a grade. Yeah. So
2: even in non-PT classes, in our systematic classes, I can't tell you how many times towards the end of a discussion, someone will raise their hand and say, how do we preach this? Or how do I counsel someone in this area? Or you know, how do I talk to my non-Christian friend about this? And the class will go on in in a discussion about practical issues in a systematics class because our theology pours forth into our lives. And so I I don't see a distinction between those.
1: Thanks, Shereen. Thanks also to Craig, Leon,
0: and Angelo. We'll continue this discussion in the next episode of Office Hours. Join us then. Thanks for listening to Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now to Office Hours in iTunes. Find all the shows at wscal.edu slash officehours. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved.